This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Today is a really important day. It's it's more than the beginning of another week. It's the beginning of another year. And how do we get that going? I'm Pastor Doyle from the church next door. And today I want to invite you, take some time with me to think about your next step. That's right. That's what this program is all about. This is your next step. And today is the beginning of a journey, a journey of a new year. And what if 365 days from now, your life was transformed because the step you take today? Well, let's just see what God might do. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next three days. We're going to talk about come and see. Let's see what God does when you and I begin to look at the world differently, when we look through the perspective that he has a purpose for us. And do you know what your purpose is? Do you know your why as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a Christian? Well, as a follower of Jesus, your why, your purpose is to shine the light, to share the message of Jesus. So today, I'm going to talk about puppies. What do puppies have to do with the gospel? Well, don't go anywhere. I'm Pastor Doyle from the church next door, and this is your next step. And today, we want God to open our eyes to his calling for our life. And we're going to look into the word together. Don't go anywhere. And if you can, keep listening and invite a friend to follow us, to download our podcast and be a part of the Your Next Step ministry and the church next door. Well, today I want to talk to you about come and see, because it's, I believe this is a core principle to who we are as Christ followers, okay? As Christ followers, uh, you and I were invited by Jesus. He said, come follow me. And, and he wanted us to see the kingdom of God and participate in the kingdom of God. And so there's, a, there's this aspect of, of being a God follower that's a constant invitation for you to evaluate and judge, is, is this what God's doing and am I participating in it? And, and we want to learn how to recognize what God is doing. And, and people come to me all the time and they say, how do I know if God is leading me? How do I know that this is a relationship that God wants me to be involved in? How do I know that this is a career choice for me? How do I know that I should move? How do I know if God has called me? All right? And, and see, that's kind of a, a core thing. Now, this is, I think, important to us as a church, okay? Many of you don't know this. So uh, our church started in 1955. All right. So over 60 years ago, a group of people, they felt God leading them. They said, we feel like God is leading us to start a community of faith on the west side of Columbus to reach all the new families that are, that are moving in to this community and, and share the good news of Jesus. How did they know that? See, you and I are, are here today. Many years later, we have very little connection to those individuals. But think how your my life would be if we didn't have that, if they hadn't said yes to God. And so today, we want to learn this principle, not just for our own life, but for the way it'll impact the world around us. See, if you and I can recognize what God is doing, then we can participate in that. So do me a favor, look at your neighbor and say, God has a calling for you, all right? Now, now look at your other neighbor and say, you're valuable, 
See, there, there has to be this concept within you that I have value to the kingdom of God, that God has a part for me to play, that, that what, I, what I'm going to do is important, all right? Now, welcome everybody online to the church next door. Welcome everybody. We're glad to have you with us. And, and, and what's, what's great about this is if, if you learn something and you want to learn it a little bit more, you just go back and you can watch it again. You can dive deeper in it. You can take out the notes and really look at it. So today, I, I want to start... Well, I want to start with a story from my own life, okay? So when I was a little boy, I was about four years old, my parents bought a farm and we moved to the farm. So my father started his veterinary practice, okay? And I was four years old and not long after we had moved to the farm, apparently someone in the community discovered that there was a, a young veterinarian and his family living on this farm. And so they decided, at this time you have to understand, there was no ASPCA, okay? This is the old days, all right? And so they had a dog that they decided they did not want any longer. And so they left the dog on the road near our farm, all right? She happened to be pregnant. Within a couple of weeks, we not only had a dog that we did not choose, we had a litter of puppies. Now you have to understand, I was little, I was four years old. I had already claimed this dog as mine. I had named her. It was a very specific name, Red. There you go. I mean, I knew my colors. She had a litter of puppies, and I remember it because this was a first-time experience for me. Their eyes were closed. And I'm like, Daddy, why are their eyes closed, you know? And, and, and I began to, to learn about that. And, and now what's interesting to me, my childhood was full of puppies and animals and all sorts of creatures. You have to understand, uh, I, we had horses that were born regularly. Their eyes weren't closed when they were born. What an amazing thing about a foal when it's born. It's born, and, and within minutes, it's up on its legs. It's nursing. That's how you know it's healthy. It can see. It can find its mom. It, it, it can drink. The same with calves. Baby cows, they, they start out, they hop up quickly, and they go to... But these puppies and then kittens, their eyes are closed. And I think there's a principle there that kind of relates to us. I put it in your notes because I wanted you to know just some of the facts. Puppies' eyes open after approximately 10 to 14 days. Puppies are born without the ability to hear or to see. Now think about that. Kittens' eyes are blue and remain so for several weeks. Kittens, um, they, they, they don't even have the sense of smell at first. It's why a kitten will hiss at something. When, when, they're, when they're little, the kitten will hiss because something smells new to them or odd to them. And, and, and see, I believe there's a principle here. I mean, we love the little puppies. You look at them with their, their, little, their little eyes closed and the kittens. We, we love them. And we have this connection with animals, right? But I believe that the way they're designed is in those early days, their mom is taking care of them, right? They have to learn to trust their mom. They have to learn to trust something else to know what's safe and where to be. Their mom protects them. I remember Red, you know, she found a place. We had this old shed. It was like a smokehouse or something, and she made a bed for them there. She was all prepared. She was carrying them. You know, I remember, you know, I was so excited. I had this uh, radio flyer wagon with the gates that go all the way around it. Some of you may be old enough to remember what they look like, okay? I'm trying to put, I would put her and all the puppies in there and drag them all over the place, you know? And, and, I believe that there's something here about the way you and I are. When, when, when we're early on in our Christian faith, 
we're really dependent on other people to kind of help us know what's safe and what's wise, you know. We have this awareness. The Scripture again and again talks about the eyes of our heart. Now, how do you... Folks, how can, how can your heart have eyes? It's because we know that there's a level of reality and then there's a deeper level. The reason you and I like our pets, the reason we like cats and dogs is because we, we recognize in them the ability to feel our emotion, to recognize our emotion. They, they, will, they will cue off of you. Maybe your cat's a little bit less attentive to you, but that's, that's another subject, right? You see, in Scripture, you remember the story of Joshua and Caleb? Joshua and Caleb, they, they're sent as spies by Moses into the land, right? They're sent into the land, and, and Joshua and Caleb come back. They come back, the two of them come back and said, this place is awesome. I mean, the, the food is unbelievable. The portion size are really big, you know, grapes as big as your head. They, they, they see it that the other 10, the other 10, the majority report is all fearful. Now think about this. The majority report does not see the potential that God has for it, and it's fear-based. You need to keep that in your mind when the majority report of our world is fearful. See, you and I have to know, we have to be able to recognize within us what is good and pleasing. How do you recognize what God is trying to do in your life? And, 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 and to, to recognize that. See, God invites us to taste and see that he's good. So there's an experience to it, but yet we also know that there's a spiritual realm to it. The reason I mentioned to you Caleb is this. You may know someone named Caleb. You may be named Caleb. I believe that the reason that Caleb has the name Caleb is because he sensed something beyond just hearing and seeing. He sensed that God was doing something. Caleb, if you look up Caleb, he was a man like no other. He had faith in God. That's what it says. There's three people named Caleb in Scripture, and there's this indication that they were unique individuals that recognized what God was doing. Now, here's the kicker. Most people don't know that the Hebrew word Caleb is dog. Yeah. So if you're named Caleb... It does not mean you're destined to be Dog the Bounty Hunter. It, it means that you should be destined to recognize what God is doing and be an individual of great faith, trusting God and believing God for great things. Be a Caleb, okay? But remember what that word means. See, if you and I were, if our mother was training us to recognize not just what we see, and we hear. A dog goes by their nose, don't they? They go by a sense that you and I can't even relate to. They, they, and, and see, you and I want to be like that. And today, I want to invite you to begin to imagine, maybe God wants you to see things on a spiritual realm and not just a physical realm. And this is essential. Uh, this is not just for your spiritual life, but it's important for your relationships. It's, it's important for your job, for your business, for, for your school life, wh wherever. You need to recognize, is God leading me in this? Is this, is this a go or a no-go? Is this a yes or a no? See, God wants you to participate with him. I have young people, they'll come to me. They say, Pastor, how do I know if God's called me? 
I don't know if God's called me. I said, well, I've got like six or seven points on that one. I said, first of all, do you sense it inside yourself? Do you have this, just this, what I call within you awareness? Then, then I say, well, how's that working out in your life? Like, like, how does that fit with your gifting? In my own life, my, my first gift mix, my first thing was I had, I had the gift of helps. I just loved helping. And so I learned to help my dad. You know, I, I love to just carry the bucket and go on calls with him. But then when, when, when we got involved with, with having a small group in our home, it was about me helping set up chairs and prepare for people to be there. I, I, I've just, I, started, I started in recognizing what God wanted me to do because I learned that I had the ability to help. And so many people think, well, that's, that's, not, really a, that's not a big deal. <laughs> Look at how many chairs are in this room. It's helpful. You're sitting on one, right? I'm thankful for the gift of help, see? Thirdly, when I talk about calling, you know, I began to, to see the fruit in my life. I began to see that it was working. Does that make sense? I would do something and it impacted people's lives. I, I started when I was like in high school in, in the sound ministry and, and, and people would say, oh man, it sounds so much better. <laughs> that made me feel better that it sounded better. See? Is there fruit in your life? Is it working? And then you begin to see other people begin to recognize that, and then they begin to, to say, you know, you're really good at this. And see, this is how you know if you're called. Because you don't do it in isolation. There's people around you, and they begin to say, well, well I think God is leading you in this. And so your, your community and your family, and then later someone else says, hey, we have a need. Would you come help us? And this is how people go from, from, from being, you know, a helper to, to a greeter to leading a small group or something like that. It's because people begin to recognize, you're really good at this. Keep going on that. Keep going on. That's how you recognize God's calling in your life. Because you begin to, it's not like you wake up one day, I'm called to be Billy Graham, and then the next day you're Billy Graham. It took years for him to accomplish what he accomplished. This is not American Idol. We don't declare you something overnight and then you are a success. This is not HGTV. They roll in and in 24 hours your house is transformed. Folks, that's called editing. There'll be no editing in your real life. There'll be a lot of hard work and a lot of showing up day after day after day after day. That's the kingdom of God. In the book of Acts, Paul paints a picture for how he was called into ministry. Now, now you have to understand the context for this. In, in the book of Acts, Paul is at Caesarea. He's actually in chains. He's been there for over a year because they have decided they're going to send him to Rome on trial, or they're going to just deal with the matter there, and they're trying to evaluate that, okay? So he's like, uh, he's being held to go to court to determine if he's going to go to court, you know that's not a good feeling, right? And so um, Festus is there, and he says, I don't really know things about Jewish matters. And so he, he, he invites King Agrippa to come and help him evaluate. And Paul gets up, and he begins to tell his testimony. Now, now the, the other part of Paul's testimony is in Acts chapter 9. He says, I was on my way to Damascus. I, I'm this Jewish leader, and there's this sect of Christians and I was sent by Jerusalem to go to Damascus to imprison or kill people that are following the Jesus way. 
And on my way there, God stopped me in the middle of the road and he called me into ministry. Now he's describing this to Festus in them. What's interesting about what this is just a side note since we're talking about our eyes. What's interesting is when God stopped him on the road, what did he do to him? He blinded him. Hmm. See, God used the physical realm to teach him how he was going to teach him about the spiritual realm. This is God's nature, okay? And then he sent another man to pray for him, and the scales removed from his eyes, and he could see. Some of us right now need to be praying, God, are you trying to get my attention? Do the scales need to be removed from my eyes? God, open my eyes. That's the prayer. See, the prayer is, God, I want to see what you're doing so that I might participate. God, I want to play. God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. God, I, I want to do something. I don't want to just be a watcher of the kingdom of God. I want to be a participant. I want to be up close. I want to feel the sweat. I want to feel it and be a part of it. Okay, did you find Acts 26 or looked on the screen? Paul shares his testimony. Then I ask, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you, have, uh, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness, an eyewitness, of what you've seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them. Now why is he sending them? To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. Paul is saying, I, you need to know, everybody knows about me. They know what I was before. They know what I am now that I follow Jesus. My life has been transformed, and, and you are here to, to, to be proof of that. Now notice how many times in those verses God says, I'm going to show you, you are going to see the way the kingdom works and you're going to live with your eyes wide open to what the kingdom is doing. See, well, you do not experience God one time. You don't just experience him one time. You, you recognize somehow within you that you need to change. See, the Holy Spirit works on us to bring us to Christ Jesus. That's how we come to faith. The Holy Spirit makes you feel, oh man, something's not right. And then who knows, maybe you go to a small group or, or you meet somebody or someone prays with you at work or you come to church, something like that. And then you begin to sense, wow, this, this is something I need. I'm, something's missing. See, that's the beginning of your eyes opening to the kingdom of God. Paul's was a, was a dramatic thing. He, he, he saw Stephen stoned and it rocked his world. Because he was part of that. He dug in harder, and then God stopped him. You may be like him. God may have stopped you in your tracks and your anti-God approach. I don't know. We're all different. We're unique. But we begin to have our eyes open. But it does not mean when you accept Jesus that your eyes will not continue to be open to the things of God. Oh, I pray not. I pray that you will continue to see him doing things. As a church, when we say that, that our mission is to move people closer to God, it's all about this. It's what we started in 1955 for. We started because we said, you know what? People need to see the kingdom of God. They need to know the love of Jesus. They need to know, their children need to know the hope of Jesus Christ, see? 
We're called to open the eyes of the ungodly. That's what Paul said. We're here to be light in the darkness. We're here to shine. Speaking of the mission of the church, a lot of people don't know this because they weren't around. In 1955, the church started, but by 1956, the, 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 the women of the church gathered and they said, you know what, there is no kindergarten in this community. They said, maybe we need to do that for the kids of this community in Lincoln Village. Now, what was that? That's called the Holy Spirit leading us to start a ministry. All the, all the things that we do in this place, we do it with prayer. We seek the Lord. We ask God, God, what is it you want us to do? We don't want to come up with a great idea and ask you to bless it. We want to know what you want to do and us participate. Very different. Very different. Most of us, we have a great idea that's going to really do us good. And we're like, God, please bless it, you know? God, I got a great idea. I'll buy a lottery ticket. You'll give me millions of dollars and I'll give money to you. You, you waste your money and you're like, well, God, it was a great idea. And he's like, no, bad idea. Give your money to me and I'll multiply it. If I can do loaves and fishes, I can take care of it. We got to stop looking to, to man and start looking to God for the source of our life. That's what happened to Paul. We're called to open the eyes of the ungodly. The, the religious that have gotten hung in a rut of relying on their self-work and pray that, that they will see the kingdom of God and let go of that and begin to trust in Jesus, the Messiah. See, that's the goal. The goal is to lead people to Jesus and help him see. The Messiah came to help us see the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is speaking. He said, this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Now, a lot of times we hear that verse and we're like, I don't understand. Has Jesus come to confuse us? No. He's saying, all of you have ears. All of you have eyes. You have the ability to see and you have the ability to hear. But that does not mean you are seeing the kingdom of God, the spiritual realm, or hearing the kingdom of God. So I teach in parables, Jesus said, so I can illustrate for you how the kingdom works. The purpose of the parables is to show you in the natural realm how the kingdom of God works so that you can function in the natural and the supernatural at the same time. See, the purpose that Jesus came is to reveal to us the supernatural nature of this world. It's supernatural. It's a supernatural thing. So when you say, God, open the eyes of my heart, you're asking him to do something supernatural. When you say, oh, God, this person that I'm thinking about asking out on a date, should I ask him out? You're asking for something supernatural. Okay? Can I tell you, start, though, in the natural. Are they a godly person? Is the fruit of the Spirit in their life? If they're not, if they're not, if they're not a godly person, then you're trying to missionary date. Don't do it. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. Now is a great time for us just to stop and pray. You know, we've been thinking about God and His Word, but it's, it's no good if we don't apply it. So let's take a moment and let's pray. Let's invite God into the situation. You know, when we pray, it's powerful. So let's pray that our society would reflect God's ways today.
Lord, we come before you today on behalf of our our society, on behalf of our culture. When we listen to the news or we just see the news feed on our phone or we listen to the just the, the brief news beats or, or check our social media feed, we don't always feel peace. Many times we're concerned. We're worried about our culture and the direction that it's headed. The scripture says that you looked for someone who would be willing to stand in the gap, and that's why we're here right now. God, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we're asking you on behalf of our our cities and our nation and our world that you would begin to move and that, God, that we would begin to see a turn toward you. We're praying for the church first, God. We know that if the church is unhealthy, that our culture will be unhealthy, that, that we are like the thermostat. Not only do we gauge the temperature, but we have the ability to change the culture. You said that when Israel was was far from you, when Israel was seeking other gods, when Israel was seeking her own way, that it brought damage to the nation and to all the people. So right now we pray for repentance in the church, Lord, the ways that we have wanted to please the world and be like the world and, and celebrate the gods of this world to be entertained by this world. We repent. God, forgive us. We repent. We're praying that, that you will change our culture and our society, that, that we will celebrate the good news of Jesus Christ, God, that in our land we would celebrate that God created us, that we are built in your image, designed for you, and may the church be the salt and light that our society needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. You know, as a pastor, as, as your pastor, I want you to know one of the most powerful things you can do and I can do is pray together. And I'd like for you to begin to join me in prayer every day. And so we've created a free prayer guide, but you have to go to our website, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email address and you can download the ebook. It's for you, but it's also to begin to grow in prayer. It's the best thing that'll ever happen to you. Go to yournextstepnow.com and give us your email address and get your prayer guide today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook, that will preserve those memories for generations to come. 
Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.